Cambridge has been highlighted by the government today as a critical location for growth, confirming more than 150,000 new homes over the next 20 years. In a major speech earlier today, the Housing and Leveling Up Secretary Michael Gove used the city as an example outlining how he'll change planning regulations. Mr Gove also said that solving the city's water supply issues is crucial to allow future growth. And we must also ensure we have an approach towards water that reflects the nature of Cambridge's geography. Because our vision for Cambridge is going to exemplify what it means to fall back in love with the future. It's going to set the standard for how we protect and preserve what makes a city special and also how we design and equip it for the century ahead. The combined authority says it's deeply disappointing that once again government plans for Cambridge seem to be being negotiated through the press. It's after the Housing Secretary, Michael Gove, announced plans for 150,000 new homes for the city. While this is lower than previous figures, the authority insists it's still an incredibly challenging one. You're listening to Cambridge Challenges, and this week we're looking again at the whole issue of growth and what's the kind of development that we as residents or the broader economy and our children might need, including all sorts, affordable housing, a better environment. And we're looking this time at the whole issue of what Mr Gove has been saying, that we need at least another 200,000 homes. It's not been very well specified, um, but it, it has sort of brought to a head a number of debates about exactly how many homes does Cambridge need, have we got the money from government for infrastructure, exactly uh, what, what's the role of the councils, particularly as, uh, as we'll come on to. Mr Gove didn't even tell our two council leaders. So first in the studio I've got Peter Studdett, who's been part of a couple of programmes that we've had on earlier. Um, on this theme um, and then I'm very glad to be joined by both Bridget Smith the leader of South Camps Council and Mike Davy, the leader of the City Council to give their perspective so Peter you're not the leader of one of the councils but if you were and given that you've had a, a think about these issues and you've met Peter Freeman who's been doing some work on behalf of Mr Gove what do you make of what's happening and what would your response be to what Mr Gove has put forward? I think the first thing that I'd be looking for is some recognition of the good work that has been done in the Cambridge area over the last 20 years because I think that both from a quantitative and a qualitative point of view, I think that the developments in and around Cambridge that have been built over the last few years I think are some of the best in the country and uh, a lot of people come to Cambridge now to see how it's done. So I think a good starting point would be a little bit of humility to say, well done and uh, you've done a great job and we're here to help you do even better because we recognise what an important place Cambridge is. And I'd also be looking to, to, to go for some feeling of partnership. I think the most puzzling aspect of this whole business is, is how little uh, notice or no notice at all was given to the local authorities of this what is obviously quite a substantial initiative they must have been thinking about this for for some time and it's it's a bit um amazing that this just came out of the blue to to the leaders of the two key authorities and to other people who are around although one gathers that people within the development industry knew a little bit about it and that obviously gives a bit of course cause for concern but, I mean, Cambridge has actually been doing really well, and it's good that um, Mr Gove did come to visit Cambridge at the end of November and had a bit of a walk around and could see the work that was being done here, and he, I think he visited Great Night and one or two other places. So I hope that as we move into the... You know, try and find out a bit more about this initiative, I just hope that we just get some more rec recognition and partnership working from government in, in what is still a very challenging agenda. I mean, the, the, the two local authorities, I mean, very much to their credit, doing a joint local plan. They've already got a joint planning department, which I think is, is, is terrific. So there's been this kind of very good, close working between the two authorities, which hasn't always happened in the past. I mean, in my day, there was the odd bit of friction here and there, but we kind of, we got on. Um, but now it's, it seems to be a very positive relationship. And 
So that uh, I think that having forged that relationship, there's this need for support from the, th- the third key party, which is central government, and and it needs funding. It needs sort of resources, particularly within the planning department. It might need more powers. I mean, through the Leveling Up and Regeneration Act, there are more powers potentially for local authorities to exercise compulsory purchase powers on greenfield sites. But, I mean, there's a lot of detail that still has to come through following um, the that, that act. But it would be good to try out some of those powers, perhaps in Cambridge, I don't know, around the Cambridge area. Because I think it's fair to say that the most difficult developments to get off the ground have been the, the freestanding new settlements like Northstow, uh, particularly, and... Uh, to a less extent, Water Beach. I think Water Beach seems to have a bit more purpose to it. But Norster, I think, has been quite a significant disappointment. I mean, no one... And the one that Homes England has had the greatest say in. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, in my day, it was called a flagship. And I don't think anyone calls it a flagship anymore. Um, they hardly call it a kind of a rowing boat. It's, it's moving at such a slow pace. And I think that one has to learn the lessons from that. And I think one of the lessons possibly, which is also relevant to the uh, Peter Freeman agenda, is whether some locally controlled development corporation could have done a better job than what has been this rather awkward relationship at the early part between Gallagher's and, and Homes England, and now obviously Homes England are in the... But, but one of the issues is, why have a development corporation at all? Well, I think the, the, the one thing about... I mean, having had some experience of development corporations in London, which we talked about at one of the earlier programmes... A development corporation it has pluses and minuses. The plus is it gives a focus to a development. It gives enhanced uh, freedoms, I think, a way slightly separate from the constraints of local authority, particularly the, the um, local authority salaries. And, I mean, it can hire much more freely, if you like, and maybe that's rather unfair on the existing local authority staff, but certainly there's a lot more freedom to bring in people with development skills okay. uh, to attract them into a development corporation than you would do normally in a, in a local authority, uh, in my experience from London. Would there, be anything the, on, yeah, would there be anything on your shopping list before you sort of take... Gove's proposal seriously. What do you think that the leaders should be saying to government in terms of you've got to front up with this infrastructure investment? They found 100 million plus recently to supposedly unlock some of the nutrient-blocked yep. development areas, yep. and they found only 5 million for for this, which yes. is supposed to be their prima donna scheme. Yes, I mean, obviously there's a whole question of water, and, and you talk to different people about water. Some people think it's you know, relatively straightforward to sort out. Other people say, no, it's actually going to take 10 years or more before reservoirs and other things get built within the fens. Um, I think it definitely needs a focus, and I think that's a good thing that there is a group that is going to be focusing on that. And, um, I mean, we are very profligate with water, and and so I think that water is certainly an issue which is which needs to come right up the top of the agenda. I think that water is, is, is very much an issue. But also, I mean, the, the uh, as one moves forward into the next joint local plan, I mean, the two key sites, um, uh, Cambridge East and Cambridge Northeast, both depend on quite complex relocations and uh, with marshals uh, hopefully moving to Cranfield. Well, and, and East needs a relocation of a railway line and a, and, and well, a double railway line to Newmarket. Well, there's all those issues as well. So, I mean, there's within the, the emerging plan, there are already a number of really challenging infrastructure uh, issues uh, which will need a lot of help from government to move things forward. So a good start might be to come up with the infrastructure funding for the ones that are proposed absolutely. already. Absolutely. I okay. mean, absolutely. And any last thoughts before we bring in our leaders of the two councils? Any things that you think that um, should really stick in terms of the debate with Gove about well, what again, should be done? I, I, how, how can we stand up for ourselves? Well, I think a lot comes back to money, you know, and we have this ridiculously centralised um, system of local government finance in this country, and, OK, it's not going to wear much at the moment with the Treasury, particularly with the general election coming up, but I would love to see a situation where um, successful places like Cambridge, and, and which, which are struggling with the challenges that that success brings in terms of growth and infrastructure and congestion and everything else, that they are allowed to keep more of the wealth that yeah, they we, create. The, the two councils, I mean, they've had their numbers better than me, but the two councils generate more than £200 million pounds of business rates every year. It's 
it, no, it's really depressing that local authorities have to go cap in hand to civil servants for extra little bits yeah. of money for this and that in, in competition with other local authorities, but not have a kind of... And they of jump a, in on South Cambridgeshire if it decides it's working well, practices. absolutely. You know, I mean, how petty that is. Yeah. And um, so... So one might also say, to some extent, to, to, to central government is, you know, get out of our hair and, and let us get on with it a bit. Give That's us a good way to finish. There is a joint local someone plan. someone doesn't have very much uh, hair, but... Uh. Well, neither have I. <laughs> Thank you for coming in, Peter. Yeah, thanks. heard from Peter Studdart, who kind of gave us a few views on the outline of Go's plan and just development more broadly. And he kind of said that he thought that Cambridge, Greater Cambridge, had done a pretty good job. I've got in the studio Bridget Smith. And Bridget is leader of South Cambridge District Council and has been for, what, five years? Nearly six. Nearly six. <laughs> has taken a keen interest um, in working with others during that period, including championing biodiversity and um, seeing whether government means what it says sometimes. Bridget, let's, let's just start with what's development for, because part of it is the fact that we've got a joint local plan. We've been working jointly for quite a long time. What would be the two or three things that you, and including for your community in South Cambridgeshire, would really like to focus on in the next 10, 20 years? So our, our job as the planning authority, and um, Mike David will agree with this, is to, is to deliver growth, but deliver sustainable growth and deliver the range of housing and employment premises that, that our evidence shows, shows that we need. So in this area, our house prices are amongst the highest in the country. Um, our rents are astronomical. Um, I've re recently employed somebody who's having to live quite a long way away in order be because they absolutely can't afford to live uh, live any closer than to Cambridge. So you know we have to we have to um, make sure that we are not only maintaining people's quality of life but we're taking every opportunity to enhance people's quality of life and even though life in South Cambridge or in Cambridge City is lovely for a lot of people there's quite a lot of people who it's not lovely for so you know they have to very much be be our priority. Certainly in the city more than half of the people can't afford to buy a home here so and that's probably not much different in some of the communities in your area. So I, I talk to uh, residents where I live, and I live up right up to the west, where it's arguably marginally cheaper. And, um, you know, people's children are having to move away from them when actually they'd rather stay living, living near their families. So, you know, we have to focus mainly on the cost, the cost of living and the quality of life and bringing into that, you know, health and well-being and all the rest of it. So that's our, that's our priority, making sure this is a really good place for everybody to live. And, and the current local plan, you're happy with it? So I think, you know, between South Cambridge and Cambridge City, I think we've been extraordinarily aspirational in the emerging, lo the, the emerging local plan. Um, I obviously inherited the one that, we, that I currently have, and I think it was a good decision that we did a joint one. I think it's the greenest local plan there's ever been in the UK. We've put the environment over and above everything else, delivering on, you know, delivering biodiversity, dealing with a massive deficit in natural assets here. Fewer trees than anywhere else in the UK. You know, we have to do something about that. And we've done some really whizzy stuff, such as calling for green sites, which is areas that will be protected in perpetuity as as nature reserves and you know natural assets an aim for 20 percent biodiversity gain not just the 10 percent that Absol the government said absolutely and you know the thing about it you know the government's target of 10 percent it's so easy to miss it so easy to miss it altogether and end up with a deficit so you know by talking about not aiming for 20 but 20 as a minimum actually we then start guaranteeing that we are going to see some some enhancements of nature and our natural assets and that really gives a base there, Bridget, because it is about, well, us and our communities, you as the leaders of the two councils, um, shaping the future. So I'll go over to Mike. Um, add, add a bit on there on what, what the city's priorities are for you on the local plan and where, where, what's the base for, for development that's going to gain for people. I think the key bit for me, Lewis, is the ability that we share the wealth 
that's coming to this city. Uh, so it, with as part of that aspirational notion that Bridget spoke about, growth has to be sustainable, but it has to be beneficial for our communities that are already here, as well as those that might come in. So I think from my perspective, well, I'm sure we'll come back to water later, which is like a standard issue, I think, for the city now. It's about how we offer homes to people within the city. Council homes are hugely important to the city council, and I'd want to see that maintained and continued. But it's also about offering different forms of tenancy, I think. Uh, There's a lot of people who come to the city to work now who are maybe income rich but capital poor, and for them to be committed to the city we need to ensure that they have homes for the future and so therefore we have to be a bit more careful maybe than we have been in the past around tenancies so it's not about council homes or homes to buy it's a mixture so making housing affordable for everybody yeah Cambridge affordable housing isn't affordable uh, which is a bizarre sort of statement to make but it's it's true I think the other bit which we've probably not touched upon yet but I'm sure we will is about sustainable transport the infrastructure has to be right Otherwise, it's pointless people sitting in a bus looking out the window for an hour and not actually travelling to come into the city. So we have to look at how transport is managed in the future as part of that desire for sustainable growth. So it's, 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 it's you know, I think those would be the two main things, homes and proper transport. I'll go back to you, Bridget. So you weren't told, neither of you were told by Michael Gove, I'm going to announce something next Thursday or whatever day. I mean, it is extraordinary to learn something so significant in a in a press release and not to have been not to have been consulted. It's not not a great way of doing things. It's not not a great way of building relationships. As council leaders, we have to we have to put that behind us. And you know, the the attitude Mike and I have taken is that actually we need to we need to know more. So I mean, this is this is worse than slightly woolly. It's you know, it's really really difficult to understand what. Michael Gove's vision is so we you know we've had really hideous numbers bandied around 250,000 200,000 houses you know that is 200,000 houses is two Milton Keynes's and it's called Cambridge 2040 but Milton Keynes took 60 years to build so you know some of this is is nonsense in reality also we have a city that's very very constrained by a green belt and that you know maintenance of the green belt is central government policy so you know we it's very difficult to understand how this vision, what we know about it, is actually going to going to be delivered. But, you know, there's no point in council leaders going over our dead bodies, we're just mm. not going to talk to you. So, you know, the sensible thing is to have the conversations, to meet with Mr Gove, who was, you know, we had a very cordial meeting. Not sure I came out of it any of the wiser than I went in. I hope Mr Gove came out a bit better informed yeah. because uh, we sat around the table and we all had two asks. Um, my ask on behalf of South Cambridgeshire was that would he sort out the water crisis, yep. which is stopping us building the housing that's in our existing local plan, and could we, as our jo- our joint planning uh, service, be part of this new three-year local plan um, trial that the government are interested in, in order to let us get the next local plan over the threshold before we start falling foul of things like a five-year housing land supply, at which point we'll have no control over our planning at all. So, you know, we listened to him and he was very nice and polite and, you know, we were pretty firm in, in our asks. So, but, you know, but you're not much wiser. I, I'm really mm. not much wiser. I mean, I'm, you know, maybe Mike's got more insight than mm. me. You know, he's shaking his head. But, you know, we have to stay around the table and have conversations. And I know there's lots of conversations between our chief executives and civil servants. So there are a lot of conversations going on at the moment. I look forward to the time when they all merge into some sort of clarity. And then the next stage is for us to have a conversation between Mike and myself and other leaders about, you know, how much of this can we stomach? You know, is is whatever deal is being proposed a, a good deal for the people living in in Greater Cambridge? And ultimately, what are our red lines? You know, what are we what are we going to say? Stop. I don't think Peter was right when he said that there'd been discussions prior to Mr Gove announcing things in the Sunday Times there'd, there'd been discussions yeah, but, but they'd nothing, been with Savills and a few yeah, other people no, I, don't, I think that was a bit overstated if right. I'm honest and when Gove came to speak to us he talked about why he did that and he apologised but he said he likened it to using, having a vase an expensive vase and dropping it so then when you saw the vase drop you'd then have to do something about it and in fairness again to him which I, I'm reluctant to be but he was, he was in essence indicating that it was much to do with uh, 
alerting the Treasury as it was to alerting the local authorities within Cambridge and South Well, it's a strange way to do business, though, because... Well, I'm not disputing that, Lewis. I would agree entirely. It's a very odd way to do business, but I'm just explaining his thinking. I think the bit I would stress is that Peter Freeman has been a, a really excellent conduit to in terms of discussing uh, what we need um, he clearly meets with Mr Gove on a regular basis and like Bridget despite the way it was announced the fact that we're engaged in the discussions are is positive regardless of which part is in power I would argue that Cambridge will be part of national regeneration um, and I hope it's our party the Labour Party that is in charge um, because we'll be able to hopefully do it in a particular way as opposed to what the Conservatives are doing but it's just about how we engage effectively if the 200,000, which again, I agree with Bridget, it seems nonsensical. If that was to take the place, Cambridge would be the third biggest city in the United Kingdom. Well, it might be, but it, it, on my counting, you couldn't fit in more than 15,000 homes more in well, Cambridge. It, but when this the geography is interesting, Lewis, because when he talks about Cambridge, he's talking about bits of south of St Neots, and that, frankly, isn't Cambridge. So it's, again, agreeing what the geography is and going back to the point you made, I think, quite rightly, the detail's still missing. And yeah. uh, that until we have that um, activity explained to us and, and, and that we're able to engage with um, Mr Gove and Peter in a way that actually produces some detail, then it's very difficult to be able to comment. Bridget came up with two clear asks. Mm. Sort out water, yeah, along with we all need to be more water efficient and the issue of local authorities can do it if yes. you just let us get on with a, a more clear structure and a tighter local yes. plan what would your two ask well, we, or, we, so, we, as, or more the, if you want well what was the great thing was the five authorities got together prior to meeting mr gove and we all agreed what our two asks should be um and so we went spread it around so like bridget water was going to be top of mind well you're you're unified between yes. the two of you but well no not not just us it's the county yeah. council yeah. and the combined authority were involved as well and um, which was really good to see because it meant that as a although as peter indicated earlier a disparate set of bureaucracies nonetheless we were able to come together to present a united picture to mr go mine was about hartree um about trying to make sure we can move on hartree uh, that's, that's northeast cambridge. North cambridge for those of you who don't know but secondly we were looking at how sustainable transport could be taken forward which is a point made again very forcibly by Lisa Meschiani, who spoke about the, the work that needs to be done to make sure that we take things forward. I think we both made the point, again echoing Peter, that, that we need to finish off the Homes England work that's already underway. So, um, yeah. North Stowe um, and uh, the various developers, so let's finish off what's there to start with. The point that I think is really important to, to stress, though, and again echoing Bridget, Within our local plan, it's hugely ambitious. Gove was good enough to recognise that he believes our planning department is one of the best in the country, which is really welcome. But it's really important to stress that within that, the 70,000 homes that we're proposing, we need um, the, the reservoir in Chatteris and the work that we're doing over at Grafham, because unless those are in place, we can't even build the 70,000, let alone 100,000 or 150,000. And we've so, got to reduce how much is coming out of the aquifer anyway, because the, there's chalk streams and the... Uh, CAM are not respected currently. That's right, and that point was made to both Mr Gove and to yep. Peter Freeman. So we, we, we are trying to make sure those key asks are heard at central government. And again, in fairness to Mr Gove, the significant announcement around financing is to do with water. Whether it's enough is a different thing altogether, but um, at least it's a start. It was nice. It was nice of Peter earlier to yeah. you know comment on how successful the growth has been in Cambridge City and South Cambridgeshire yeah. up till now. I take issue with him over Northstow because uh, somebody publicly said something defamatory about Northstow quite recently, and the residents were up in arms because the people living there love it and think it's a great place to live. And you know we're getting we're cracking on now with getting the community facilities facilities mm. built. Interesting, Camborne used to be really um, maligned. Well, and, by and Jeremy Clarkson. Nonetheless, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you're hard-pressed to find a house to buy in Camborne. Yeah. It's a really, really successful place. So, you know, we're, bu we're building on success. Peter also, you know, talked about uh, using development corporations mm. to get you away from the constraints of local local authorities. Now, the constraints in planning don't come from local authorities. They come from central government's pla planning policies. So the, the national planning policy framework, which is government's, is the, const is the constraining factor. So in our 
existing local plan, we tried to reduce the uh, water consumption down to uh, say 80 or 90 litres yeah. from 120. We weren't allowed to do it because we felt fell foul of government's regulations. And, so, and planning yeah. inspectors have come in and stopped other council's exactly. plans exactly. doing what yeah. are greener things and would help us all survive and our children not to be burnt yeah. to a frazzle so the problems the problem's not us you know the government needs to sort out its own yeah. planning planning mm. framework work before you know th- this heavy-handed approach of development corporations which is really using a sledgehammer to crack a nut because if they work with us I'm, I'm not saying we can deliver 200,000 houses, but, you know, we can we can certainly, you know, get, get things moving if they work work with us. Well, if, if we take a, a, a very sweeping assumption that there's a... In the postage stamp of Cambridge, there's maybe space for two major developments, some of it stretching into South Cams, both of them, um, and that's 15,000 homes, and they're already in the plan, yes. broadly, then... There isn't any more of Cambridge. Well, Cambridge cannot give any more to use blood in the sense of. There's no, nothing I come there. back to what I said earlier on. Yeah. This. I don't think he does. I don't think Mr. Gove, or indeed, if I'm honest, if we were in power, I don't think we would be thinking of Cambridge as within the current demographic boundaries of the local authority. They think of Cambridge, which I think most people do, as as a geography beyond that. And I think again, if I'm honest, and he's probably I don't want to trespass on 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 Bridget's area, but I suspect. South Cams is the area whereby people oh, yes. are looking at in terms of development rather than within the city. If we compare the local plan map of sites to the previous map of the British Empire, virtually every bit of land close to Cambridge was offered up before the plan, and only about one in ten sites was actually needed, or oh, even I mean, less, less than, than that. that. We had about, yeah. was, it about mm. was it seven or, or nine hundred sites put forward? I and think, I think we took yeah. six, sixteen, or nineteen. Okay, so, sixteen you know, yeah, out of yeah. nine hundred. So I mean, the big, big sites. The, the, there's some very ambitious uh, yeah. landowners. Uh, some well, of them are big colleges. Some of them yeah. are land uh, farmers. Even there, their sites are not sustainable, are they? No, absolutely not. The current, the emerging local plan allocates about 350 houses only to, to villages in South Cambridgeshire because the villages are not sustainable. We don't have any public transport. So my own mm. village of Gamlingay, there's a, you know, there's no buses. You can't get anywhere. I think there's a bu- I think you can get the bus to St Neots and possibly on possibly a Friday, to- maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, you certainly you certainly can't survive there. Without a without a car, and there's somebody who lives o- over the road from me mm. because her children can't afford to leave home. That I think there are seven cars parked outside her mm. house because there's there's no there's no alternative. So we you know we are not going to be planning mm. to build houses in unsustainable places. I think I think the other bit is you you hinted at it earlier, Lewis. I think look at rail infrastructure as a key component of of how we take things forward. So obviously from our perspective, the Ox Cam Railway is really important. I think we pushed with Mr Gove about dueling the line to Newmarket because suddenly not only will it help the Marshall development but it'll also open up potential other areas for growth within the Cambridge region for want of a better term but equally looking at what's currently happening with regards to Haverhill about how you can ensure transport into Haverhill to Cambridge gets enhanced and improved. So more of a satellite um, well no I'm just trying to think of what the configuration is it it's more like a a series of moons and different communities at some yeah. distance from cambridge but having rail at the heart of it would be my yeah. I okay. think that's that's the swiftest and most effective way i think of making sure you have proper and that's why that message has to go back to central government because obviously that's things we can't do and, and that underpins underpins mm. the work that yeah. greater cambridge partnerships doing because yeah. putting the yeah. busways in yeah. you know it is link it linking the likes w- of work, working with a limited budget cambridge 105 you're listening to Cambridge 105. This is Cambridge Challenges, and I have with me in the studio both Bridget Smith, leader of South Cams, and Mike Davy, who's the leader of the city. And we're talking through growth and development um, with a focus on Michael Gove. Yeah, let's dig a bit further into the issue of infrastructure. You've mentioned uh, a list. We're starting to make a list now. So. Even the, this is a list of measures which are needed for the existing communities, like if Cambridge East is to work, don't we have to move a railway line? So you're saying 
one of the first tariffs in addition to east-west rail just to have proper transport for us not all to be crammed into cars blocking roads up um what other transport infrastructure would you both put into the into the list to ask of government well do you mean in addition to railway lewis no no which which you you've said and i've i've, I've heard you rightly say rail's got to be a big part yeah. of of cambridge and south cambridge i mean my priority if i'm honest only in terms of railway would be the line to newmarket i'm yeah i know it's boring to repeat over again but it just opens up it makes it better for the city apart from anything else well it's currently a one-track railway yeah. Uh, a bit like the Titchfield Thunderbolt, some That's kind right, of which, which back. I can remember going to Bury, and I, the the train was almost pushing the brambles back. Um, yeah, it's also the implications because it's single track. You can only have so many journeys per hour. Yeah, which means that it becomes you've got a track, but it's not as accessible. And as some it people be. can't even get on the train at Newmarket in the mm, morning. And That's things. right. So that would be the starting point. Okay, uh, and then we have to do something about transport in the city. Um, yeah, and uh, you, we, one can't get around that. We've all now had our fingers burnt as a result of of, of looking at potential options. We just have to keep on coming back though, because it's not going to go away. And if the issues in relation to growth and sustainable growth are to be managed we have to come up with potential solutions to the problems that, that will cause the city and that will re- require us to go back and think again about what we re- need to do and you're fairly close in that thinking bridget because you've said only in the last week that one way or another there's going to be a need to raise money because the combined authorities just had to increase what it will look to seek to keep the buses afloat but it's a pretty poor shoddy bus service even then your your take on transport infrastructure as well as congestion charge so i'm I'm not touching congestion charge at the moment but i other than to say that nationally you know there and there is a road charge i there is just not enough money nationally to fund to fund public public transport so something has to change and we know that you know the two main political parties have been giving consideration to road road pricing i mean i quite often go on the the m6 toll i'm happy to pay the toll because it you know it gets me where i'm going you know quicker and i don't you know i'm not getting completely snarled snarled up in birmingham so you know we know it's being considered by by the two major parties in south cambridgeshire i'm desperate to see more more cycling infrastructure and you know i think 10 years ago people thought that nobody would cycle more than 2 miles to work actually that's just not true i have a son who cycles 45 minutes in london to get himself into work i know a few people who cycle from yeah. camborne and they yeah. they're a bit brave in the winter oh gosh yes yes um, i wouldn't do it we need the cycling infrastructure we need to uh, we need to deliver on the gcp's plans for for these busways because they are linking really strategic places particularly when you're looking at all the the camp well the, the yeah all of the so jobs on. in babraham at granta park but the we- the but science we, park yeah, exactly but we can't ignore the congestion so i don't know about mike but i left no. that meeting with mr gove which was on the biomedical campus at about half four and it took me an hour to get out of cambridge because the congestion was so awful the only thing made me smile was thinking that actually mr gove was probably stuck in the same traffic jam that i was stuck in and actually <laughs> might make him <laughs> well he didn't have a helicopter this time i don't no. think there was a helicopter I didn't so transport and we've talked about water isn't that also a problem for the current level of growth in terms of the pattern? Yeah. I mean, you've got the Environment Agency is uh, challenging, Darwin Green, Cancer Hospital, a number of developments. Isn't that the same Environment Agency that's regulating how much water's coming out of the aquifer? I, I, I don't know. Uh, you, but you're right, Lewis, it's the, the issue's there, and it's yeah. just about how we address it. it. Again, in fairness to Mr Gove, he said it's the most difficult one to address. So how they go about it, how we go about it, I think it's about influence. It's about having proper communications, proper conversations with people in the fens, uh, because clearly that's going to be a major solution to this city. But then it's about, there's a spin-off, isn't there, the quid pro quo. Just as they might offer us water, we must offer them jobs. And it's about how that then works effectively, and to offer people in the fens to come in to do work, we've got to have proper transport. So the whole thing is linked and circular but we just have to make sure that the communication's there we listen to what their concerns and worries are but they listen to ours as well you talk about the broader geography so mm. if we're talking about st neots and haverhill i don't know if Ely will make a contribution but other locations 
are you talking to them yeah, the I other think, councils I think we, we are and, and I think the, the other bit maybe as it not effectively as we should do I think there's always room to improve but if again the ambition for Cambridge in all the discussions since I've become leader has always been about you, you're not talking about comparing yourself with Peterborough or Luton or even Oxford you're comparing yourself with Boston and so therefore fairly obviously you need an airport somewhere close which means we have to talk to Uttlesford and if that's the right authority, isn't it, I think, for yeah, Stansted. Yeah. So it's about how we ensure that they're part of that conversation and how we make sure that if you're looking at that sort of global ambition and, and we do understand that Cambridge is going to be part of any national uh, regeneration, then you have to have these things in place. You have to have those discussions effectively. Now, there are loose uh, uh, arrangements we have with those other authorities, but maybe they just need to be strengthened in a way that builds upon it. Perhaps using South Kansas has got different demography to us and different links to us, and we perhaps need to play more to our individual strengths to build those those relationships. Yeah, but, and a, but a starting point for that, Mike, yeah. is with with the combined authority. Yeah. So even though Peter said he doesn't didn't like the combined authority, we've got it. It's a functional unit. It's had you know mm, its problems have true. been have been political problems, but I think I think we're making serious progress now in uh, actually getting it to the point where it's going to start delivering. I disagree with what he said about that, and I disagree what he says about um, and Mike and I might disagree on this one actually <laughs> on, on a, a three way disagreement. A on a unitary council because actually you know when you have problems to solve you know it is changing changing the the structures you have is not a good way of solving problems all it does it's not a good short-term way it well it you know you get tied up for you know years and years and years and in the meantime you know all the problems get worse i think we have you know we have a really strong very functional partnership with with cambridge city at the heart yeah. yes uh, and and i think i think mm. our partnership working is exempt is exemplary yeah. actually we may be different political parties but actually there's more there's more connects us than than drive drive well, and also you Inevitably, you've got a different interest. You're, you're representing not completely different zones, but people and communities that are significantly different. In parts, I mean, obviously, parts of South Cambridge are extremely rural. But you know, the bit that's kind of kind of wraps, wraps around. I mean, I think some I didn't the necklace villages. Well, it, exactly. But you know, you know, we're the only uh, district council which has another district council completely within its within its borders. Yeah. So actually, there's an awful lot of donut people, or egg and white. Yes, yeah. exactly. But there's an awful lot of people living in those those fringe communities who probably yeah. align themselves far more with, with okay. Cambridge City than they do yeah. with the rural bits of South Cambridge. Yeah. So Peter did say that, well, what about West Suffolk and what about Uttlesford? You raised that, Mike. And the combined authority certainly ensures, along with the will of the councils like Huntingdonshire or East Cams, that they work in. But, but it, and Central Beds is part of this. Um, because of the proposal for a Kempston community and the crossover between east-west and the north-south line. Is there a, a room for a broader coalition? We now have the Oxford-Cambridge Pan-Regional Partnership, which we're all part of. Bedfordshire are there as well. I mean, I had a cup of tea with the uh, the relatively new independent leader of Central Bedfordshire just a couple just a couple of weeks ago. His his board is actually walking distance from my house, so I you know I know <laughs> I know Bedfordshire well. And a lot of people living in Gamlingay think they are in Bedfordshire actually because we've got a Stevenage postcode. Well, that's Hertfordshire um, as well. <laughs> quite so you know. So I think the relationships are are there. Um, I think we're not yet having those conversations around Mr Gove's plans with those wider partners, but we are certainly talking to them about strategic infrastructure and about water and about, you know, whatever's going to come out of this new pan-regional partnership, which is very much focused on envir environment and, eco and economy. So, you know, there's, there's all these different, different relationships, but they are, they are good. They're good relationships. Yeah. Well, they, they need to be if half of Michael Gove's homes are going to be in those zones as well. Another thread is that people already have a challenge with the local plan. It, it's a very long process um, and inevitably there'll be some issues like dependencies of whether or not the water treatment plant in what loosely called Milton is going to move or not. But what about the role of the councils in engaging with residents? Shouldn't there be a information being shared out 
albeit on limited grounds, but at least a joint statement from the two of you to residents? And shouldn't we get back to looking at the local plan in a harder way? Uh, I think the simple answer to your question, Lewis, is yes. Clearly, you can communicate and communicate communicate as much as you can. Uh, I was heartened by the fact that there is still a lot of work being undertaken by our planning service in terms of engaging with disadvantaged communities. I was at the Guildhall not a month ago, and they were doing some work then about how that then feeds into the local plan. I think there's always more you can do, and maybe the time is right to, to update people on where we are with the plan. I'd hate to undermine what's already been done, if I'm honest. To go back to Bridget's earlier point, I think the uh, um, the, the ambitious uh, way that the, that the planning service went about trying to consult with communities across the whole of the city yep. and South Cams is to be applauded. So we some more to town meetings in the Corn Exchange or in Campbell? I, well, I'd hope not the Corn Exchange. I'd hope that it's about trying to make go out to the actual communities that don't sometimes have a voice, okay. which I know they've determinedly done. And going and the age to, group, because I well, think yeah. uh, 70% of the responses came from people over the age of 50. Well, the event I went to the Guildhall was for young people. Good. So I think that, again, is to be applauded and, and, and should be encouraged. So that's not to say we should stop. I, that's not, I think it's about how we take that forward, publicise it, and keep people up to date with where we're at with the plan. Going back to your first point, though, yes, it is a long, long process, and anything that can be to expedite that would be, a, would be welcome. What's, maybe, what's trickier, though, Mike, mm, is, a, is a joint statement on yeah. Michael Goh's plan, yeah. because we haven't got a clue what, what it are. is in reality. Yeah. So, you know, we'd, it'd be really difficult to, you know, we, we're sitting around these tables and um, we're not really learning very much, no, are we? No, and a really, a really good example of this was about um, Phil Rogers, who comes in and does his performance. Uh, uh, did he come in the room? He did, he, well, he comes in here, doesn't he, on a Sunday? With, oh, he does and, a programme program in here, here and he'll have you in here very and, happily. And yes, and it, much to be applauded, which is when he came to the council last week, is what I said, he, his contribution is, is enormously important to the city politically. But he's had to do an FOI to find out who's on the Cambridge Delivery Group because we don't know who's on the Cambridge I didn't, Delivery Group. I didn't think it had actually been created It's not been yet. created yet, still a... but we're trying to work out what's yeah. going on and... and, and it, so that's a perfect example, I think, about how we're still at a very early stage trying to work out who's there, what's going on, and we must push, which was odd enough Lucy Nessing has asked, about greater democratic accountability to Mr Gove. And Between the two of you, you've, you've said you've got a couple of priorities. Um, ten as a total, Lewis. We had ten as a total. ten priorities, mm. OK. Well, I, yeah, maybe you should share those. But there is no reason why not. Why not? But, but on... Just on the this delivery group, if it's supposed to be the centre of the meeting place between the people up in London and, and local, what, what's the demand from the two councils for representation on that? To be part of it. Absolutely, yeah. What, to have the leaders both on it, yeah. or your... At the very, at at the very, very least. least. Yeah. Look, let's, you know, th this, this is government threatening to do stuff to us mm. to us not with us mm -hmm. and that's that's the that's the worry you know this is top down it's potentially really heavy handed you know we are hanging in there till we mm. you know till we understand what it's about you know a change of government it might i think it will probably disappear in whatever its current form is but it'll come back in another in another form mm. you know hopefully we'll be included in in that but actually it's down it's government it's mr gove who should be making us a, a statement yeah. telling the our residents no, of cambridge I, south cambridge and peterborough peter freeman's been entirely clear in his desire to ensure resident voices and community mm. voices heard and that's to be applauded and really welcome and they're, they're in, again trying to be fair they're they're looking at involving community uh engagement consultants to do work but then you could argue that that's what we are anyway so it's about whether or not yeah. we, we well you're route one yeah mm. yeah but yeah. if you then involve another community organization why didn't they ask south council city to do that and um, there's, a, there's a difference between you know, them yeah. them employing you know, whizzy people to kind of just tell our mm. residents what their plans are. It's very different to actually engaging with them mm. and hearing what people actually what do they want. You know, what are the problems that actually we as local authorities? It's not in our power to solve, such as rail mm. and water and so on. And what do our our residents looking to central government to solve? Any ways that the current local plan you could be speeded up? You mentioned a, th a three-year period. What about the capacity within local 
councils. I mean, Peter was a bit, bit sweeping, but it is the case that planning departments do policy. They don't tend to have people who do finishing sort of developments off or hardballing. How could the local councils have the kind of skills and thereby not need a development corporation? I think we do. I don't think we do need a development corporation. I mean, that was one of the reasons for going into a joint planning service because, I mean, there's about 140 people in it, I think. Mm. And you know, that means that we've all those different skills are represented within this very large planning, planning service, which if, they, if we had two separate little ones, we'd have to be buying in expertise all the time, wouldn't we, mm. but, but you don't have um, many people of the Peter Freeman, I've developed the area near King's Cross or... People that well, have got. Well, to, if you, but we haven't. So, if you could afford to pay Peter Freeman, yeah, then that'd be great. We, we, how can we afford people who've developed King's Cross? Because that's part of being a part of the problem, which South Camps have taken admirable strides to settle, mm. is that when the people anybody's any good, private developers come along and pinch them. Mm. So, and we can't afford to pay them the salaries that someone from Bidwell's, for example, can. Yeah. And, and and so therefore, that's a constant battle for us. So you require people who come into the planning service to have a commitment to the public service. And so those that stay, when they're good, and we're lucky, they're yeah. good at South Camps and Cambridge, when they commit to that, they need to have something more than just, how much can I earn? It's tricky. Um, and that's, again, without wishing to labour the point, the four-day week is a fantastic initiative because it's mm. attempting to tackle and answer the very problems we have in keeping and retaining very good staff. Well, you certainly had problems retaining planners, and yeah. now you've got a full complement. Yes. Just, yeah, just about. We, we, just and the bit that's missing in this, of course, we then save half a million is it in terms of fees to, to agencies and, and that enables what for temporary us, staff yeah, to fill a, gaps exactly so therefore that means that that half a million can go back in to services we provide uh, uh, the city and, and more pertinently here south camps yeah. so it's a it's a dreadfully binary story that's been told by by and Mike, michael Gitgo did actually you know admit that we had an exemplary planning service didn't they? Yeah, yeah. you know he did he did give credit where credit credit was due and you know if you look at other sort of comparable district councils their planning services are dealing with mm. 10 houses here 10 there a couple of garages and so on also dealing with 70, applications 000. for 70,000 houses yeah. you know, it was so the whole point the whole, yeah the whole point of game. having a joint planning service as well as recognizing that it is a we're all in this together um it was the was the critical mass and the school Absolutely, base yeah. yeah so we, we've talked about the fact that maybe Mr Gove in a year's time may not be in the Secretary of State. To combine maybe a few finishing thoughts and um, how could it be done differently? I'm not hearing great talks of sorting out major problems at the moment from a government opposition, in opposition. What would you keep of the kind of initiative or the sense of direction maybe that Gove has thrown out, but you'd actually ensure that a, a, the next government might do differently. Jeremy Hunt was here last week. Didn't, no, see, me. didn't, didn't come see, to see me. Didn't no, come to see me. So he didn't come no. and see us. He went to the Cambridge Union, had, a, had his speech, and then went home again. The Treasury is going to be core to this. You'd have he thought, did a couple of interviews. Well, but. that's nice, but he could have come and have a chat. I think what I would hope when Rachel Reeves does become the Chancellor Lewis, that she will come and talk to us when she comes to Cambridge. I think that's the bit that I'd want to see, proper engagement. I'd hope that be uh, from Angela Rayner, because I think it'll be a two-pronged attack, or I hope it's a two-pronged attack, uh, from DLUC and the Treasury, in that I hope Angela will be looking to how we engage with our communities effectively, be they in rural South Africa. Affordable housing. I, well, uh, start with communities. Okay. Yeah, right. I'd start with what people want and encourage us to listen to what people want. What so we should be given an obligation to represent our residents and to listen to them and to then represent that to Rachel Reeves and Angela Rayner. That's so, what I'd start. And um, you talked about bottom up. Bridget, how would that mm. change? Well, it's exactly the same as what Mike's saying is about lis listening to listening to pe listening to people mm. and seeing what they what they want. So, you know, when we go back to the original announcement from Michael Gove, it talked about a European style public track transport system, integrated transport system here. Um, I was in Milton Keynes um, a couple of weeks ago on the conference for the Oxford-Cambridge Partnership. You know, they've done some really exciting work on integrated public transport there, including autonomous vehicles as well. Um, so, you know, we need, we've got to sort that out here, and that obviously links in with East-West Rail, and we need to get over this terrible uncertainty over what route East-West Rail is going to take, because it's making, you know, residents in those villages that are going to be impacted 
impacted, really unhappy. Um, you know, we need to we need to get that sorted out and delivered. Um, we need to really address the whole affordable housing issue for for us all. We need to be able to. Um, you know, deal with it with the biodiversity, natural, uh, natural capital asset deficit here as well. Mm. So you know, we need to make sh- um, we need to be able to reassure people that um, you know whatever, whichever government wants to foist on us, it, their lives are going to be enhanced, not not made worse. And as things stand at the moment, I'm not. I I couldn't mm. say that. Yeah. Um, so there's sure. lots of conversations to be had with uh, whatever colour government it's going to be well we'll find out in due course so um thank you both of you thank you um so i've been talking to mike davy who's who's currently leader of the city council and will be for a while i expect (laughs) and bridget smith who uh, (laughs) bridget smith is leader of uh, south cam so We've been reviewing the whole issue of development and uh, on moderate information um, you can see that there's a joined up approach between South Cambridge and Cambridge City. Uh, there are still major gaps of transport, um, equal gaps in uh, water supply, um, which will be enough of a challenge for the existing 50, 70,000 homes. And uh, it is clear from are two leaders that there's the opportunity given the quality of the team the teamwork um, for the local two communities to take the lead um, so you've been listening to Cambridge Challenges and we'll be following up with um, another program in a few weeks where we talk to David Cleveley who's had a big part in high tech sector in Cambridge and also a guy Tom Holbrook who similarly made a big contribution when in East, East the Oxcam Arc work, uh, Tom c- contributed a whole range of options for how to meet some of the housing needs. So thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Mike. Um, good luck. And um, there may be different people you'll be talking to in a year's time. Rain.